At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles, or Parlay, whatever you want to call me, is good with me. Stephen Bond is here as well. Talking Miami Dolphins. It's AFC East Day on the program. I think the biggest takeaway from the first hour, Stephen, is that no one is really that close to Buffalo that it's going to take a significant injury in order for Buffalo not to win this division. So really the second hour is going to be about, all right, who's the team to fill the void if that were to happen? Right. right. Because Miami, I, again, the the Tyree kill move is a, is a move that you probably got to take advantage within the first two, three years of that deal. Because at some point Tyree kill is going to break down. We saw Tyree kill miss time last year with injury. And then Kansas City, of course, doesn't want to pay him the huge number, which will have AFC West Day. We're saving the best division of all time on paper going into the season for last on Thursday. But I'm just curious with Miami, where we we talked about it earlier, we don't know what Mike McDaniel's going to be. And they're just and again, this is this goes for all first time coaches, first time head coaches. And I'm actually even willing to throw Josh McDaniels in there as well. Because Josh McDaniels feels like a completely different coach today than when he had the Denver job over a decade ago. So I'm almost willing to throw him into first-time head coach again, even though it's obviously a second time. We'll have the Raiders on Thursday. But, Stephen, we we don't know what Mike McDaniels going to be. And with a quarterback that is as much maligned as Tua has been through his early career, if McDaniel has problems early here, and this schedule, we can show the Miami schedule for everyone at home who's watching on VEASAN.com. The first four weeks, if they lose to New England week one, where, again, they beat New England both times last year, at Baltimore week two, home opener for the Ravens, Buffalo week three, and at Cincinnati on a Thursday night in week four, if they if they lose to New England – 0-4 is in play, and you had an interesting point here that that I, Stephen, that I think is one that we can hit on right now because the win total is at nine or eight and a half, depending on where you're looking. Sure. If they start 0-4, that thing's going to tank. Well, you know, Parles, I was just thinking this. <laughs> I'm terrified of the Bills' first six weeks, right? But as right. I look at those four first weeks, I do not want to be a Miami fan. Oh, my goodness. So this is my question for you, and, mm-hmm. and this was an interesting point by Gil 
last year. Yep. When when Denver started 3-0, their win total got inflated to 10.5 at Correct. some books. And Gil was all over that. I should have been too. I was too early on in, in sports betting to really understand <laughs> to take advantage of this. But I do think in-season win totals is a really interesting market. Great market. So if, if this happens, right, and it's, I, I think it's very likely that the Dolphins go 0-4, if that win total jumps as low as six and a half or God forbid, five and a half. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a place where you would want to, you know, try to jump in and, and find maybe regardless of the number. I would have to see what the number is obviously okay. first, but if they start on four now, this could get really weird because if they start on four and two looks bad, there are going to be a lot of noise for Teddy Bridgewater. Be a lot of noise for Teddy. We'll see. I, I would say if, Let's say it's eight and a half right now. And the weird thing with Denver, too, Stephen, is that adjusted after they beat the Giants week one. Yeah. And week two, they had Jacksonville and the Jets. It was, it was not three like, teams. Right, we're, we're, they're going to be favorites in both of these games. And, of course, they destroyed Jacksonville. They shut out the Jets. And then, by the way, week four, Baltimore on the road in Denver was an awesome betting opportunity where the Ravens were way undervalued and Baltimore got home uh, easily on that. But you look at you look at the four weeks for Miami, like, again, they start 0-4. That's not impossible. My concern would be if it gets really wonky with, with two-related stuff, which could happen if they start 0-4 and it's the offense is underachieving those first four weeks against. I don't there's no elite. There are Buffalo is the only elite defense in there. Because Baltimore's defense is good. I don't think they're elite anymore. Cincinnati is good, but not elite. And New England is good, but not elite. So, yeah, a little bit of a tough road for two at the beginning of the year. Speaking of New England, let's go there now, Stephen, because the Patriots, this is, this is such a weird year going into it for the Patriots because Mac Jones, I, Mac Jones was much better than I thought he was going to be last year. I thought there were going to be more growing pains for Mac, and Mac Jones I thought was, was good. I thought Mac Jones was a good starter last year. 67% completion percentage, 3,800 yards in a rookie campaign, 22 to 13 on the inter- on touchdowns, interceptions. I thought Mac was was consistent. Now, the one concern that I've I, I've always had with Mac, once he was a starter, I thought, all right, the floor is probably higher than people are giving him credit for, because I didn't see a scenario where Mac Jones was going to be just a a total bust. But I did see, all right, Mac Jones could evolve into being this average starter, which is kind of above that last year, slightly above average a year ago. The big question is, what is Mac Jones' ceiling now? I'm not so sure how high that ceiling really is. And you look at New England's roster, it's just one of those Belichickian rosters this year. Where at least on the offensive side of the ball, skill position-wise, you're going into the year with Devontae Parker's your number one wide receiver, probably. Jacoby Myers is a number two. You have Agal. I mean, Agal or Bourne, the, the draft pick out of Baylor Thornton. Not a lot to write home about at the wide receiver position. Tight end-wise, they still have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, who, by the way, Jonu was a huge disappointment to me last year. I thought Jonu was going to be great there, and he was mediocre. Running back situation is pretty much the same. I would expect Stevenson at some point to actually hop Harris. I like, Damian, I like Damian Harris a lot, Yeah, but Stevenson is just a bruiser. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Yeah. My biggest concern, I think, with this Patriots team is is the loss of Josh McDaniels. I would agree with it, that. Is, that's, that's my question for you, is, is offensively, yes. they obviously haven't given out titles. It's something they've done in the past. There'll be but, no titles on either side of the right, ball, by the but way. But not having that, that voice you know, for Mac Jones in his second year where we know quarterbacks can regress, not saying that he will, but they can, to me that would be the biggest concern offensively. Is that your biggest concern for them? Yeah, I, I don't know how it can't be. And you, I'm just going through the skill position players. It's, it's a very New England roster. They're, they're, but it's without, like, there's no Gronk, obviously, anymore. There's no, 
There's no Wes Welker. There's right. no guys like that on this roster to me. If Brady's there, it's maybe a little different, right? Well, like you, mean, you're look, not look, as concerned. Look, look if it's Brady, <laughs> if it's Bra- if Brady was still there, they'd win their 11, 12 games despite having a roster that's like, how is this team winning 11, 12 games? Uh, but but look, I I am. I'm with you. I mean, look at the guys who are on that staff now. I mean, Joe Judge could end up being the guy who's calling plays. And that is a little bit a little bit concerning. Now, again, Judge didn't call the plays in New York. Remember that. It's just that his team turned out to be a total disaster by the end last year. So, I, again, yeah, I, I'm with you. Losing McDaniels is a humongous deal. And for a young quarterback like that, Losing a guy that's as important as your offensive coordinator who really did everything in New England with McDaniels, you could see you could see a regression. Now, I don't think that regression will be crazy. I think what it could lead to more is that a little less yards per pass attempt and maybe a few more interceptions. That would be the thing. Maybe a little more. I'm going to force it a little more because these play calls are a little too conservative for me. I may not have enough opportunities. That would be my one concern. New England's defense, I mean, New England's defense is pretty similar to what they had last year. Pretty similar. Well, they have enough speed in the middle. And Michael Lombardi said that all the time last year. Wasn't enough speed in in, in the linebacking core for New England. And we saw it got got exposed in the playoff game. It got exposed by Buffalo. Um, It'll be interesting to see. By the way, Malcolm Malcolm Butler back. Nice, nice little reunion there for New England. I didn't expect that to happen, right? Yeah, it seemed like little, they really surprised there. Uh, by the way, I like Jalen Mills a lot. I think Jalen Mills is a little bit underrated. But you look for at New England's defense, other than Judon, who for there was a port, portion of last year where I thought Judon was the best defensive player in the NFL for about a three-week street stretch early in the year. Other than that, how much moves the needle? You're kind of relying on Belichick and, and his defensive staff being Belichickian in the end. And this draft, I think, was very Belichickian, oh, right? I mean, yes. it's, it's the Cole very Strange. It's the Thornton in the second round. Now, these guys are, are either – I don't think there's a middle ground. I think they're either busts or these guys are like borderline Hall of Famers. Well, the, because Belichick kind of, has kind seen of how, something. That's kind of how it works with his draft picks. Right, when, when right. It's kind of – when, again, Thornton was a guy who was projected for day three, pick him in day two – Strange was projected for round three. Pick him in round one. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what the, we'll see the what the brilliance of Belichick is if this team overachieves. I would love to know what his scouting report was on Strange because he obviously sees something yeah, that so. not a lot of people do. Yeah. So that that's fascinating to me because mm-hmm. I I really want to know what this kid has got. You know, there's not going to be numbers out there for us to really measure this. Looking at New England's schedule real quick, this kind of falls into the category of what the whole AFC East ends up being this year because again. When you cross with the, you're crossing with the two Norths this year. Where the the AFC North is not quite the AFC West, but the AFC North is still really good. And if New England loses, let's say New England loses those two road games out of the shoot, I think they'll split. Man, that could be zero and four. Could be. I don't think it will be, but it's in play. Even Detroit Week Five isn't a gimme anymore. We'll have a little more on New England later on, but. Uh, they're in a category of an eight and a half win total where I would probably look to take a plus money under. A little underachieving for the first time in a long time for the Patriots. But we'll look at them and the Jets a little later. But coming up next, our guy Wes Reynolds, his thoughts on the AFC East, and we'll probably mix in some golf because, of course, we will. That's next on a numbers game. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parle, Stephen Bond here as well and now with us it's our guy Wes Reynolds you see him across the network long shots Lombardi line a few days a week primetime action a few days a week honestly you see Wes almost on every single show that uh that the network has at this point Wes good morning thanks for uh for hopping on good morning Jeff thanks for having me of course uh just uh before we get to the AFC East because of course this is AFC East day on the program uh Tony Finau getting it done in Minnesota Wes yeah, he's now a, a prolific closer, I guess, Tony Finau, <laughs> a prolific winner. He's won two times in one season for the first time in his career. And look, uh, Tony Finau should be that type of player. He's a top 15 to 20 guy in the world. He's a guy that should win a little bit more. Now, you got to give him credit for kind of staying steady Eddie and obviously keeping at least somewhat pace with Scott Piercy, but yeah, it was it was an absolute meltdown from Scott Piercy. Obviously, we watched it. It kind of was going to be this uh, this boring event as we were going in. I think as I went on the air for the second half of betting across America yesterday with Brady Cannon, I believe Scott Piercy was like minus seven hundred at BetMGM to go ahead and get this done. He had a four shot lead. He ends up losing by four. You look at the stats for the Sunday round. Scott Piercy lost almost four shots on approach. You're not going to do very well when you lose four shots on approach. And then Tony Finau puts it together, gains three and a half strokes with the putter and ends up getting the win. So, you know, a big win for Tony Finau and kind of a rare win this year on the PGA Tour season. Because if you go all the way back to the wraparound schedule in the fall, there's been only three pre-tournament favorites that have gone on to win a tournament. Sam Burns at the Sanderson Farms, John Rahm when he was like 9-2 to two at the uh, Mexico Open down in uh, Puerto Vallarta, and then Tony Finau yesterday, 14-1, to one, so you get a rare backdoor favorite win a PGA Tour event on Sunday. Yeah, no, and it's a good point you just brought up, because obviously my brain went right to Rahm winning the, uh, the, the, uh, the Mexico Open when it was John Rahm and a bunch of guys we haven't seen on tours uh, in a while, and like you said, Finau and uh, Sanjay M were the two... Uh, Shorter shots this week, but Finau gets it done. And as you said, Wes, closer Tony Finau now. Maybe maybe he is now. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got a – obviously, he had his whole family there yesterday, a pretty big contingent. So, uh, got to win some money and support that family. Uh, absolutely. Wes, uh, 
We are 45 days away from the Bills taking on the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Uh, 45 days that can't go quickly enough at this point. But, Wes, just uh, I, I want to ask you about Buffalo because it is AFC East Day. Are, are we at the point with the Bills where this is truly Super Bowl or bust for them, where anything short of at least getting to Glendale is, is seemingly a failure for this season? Well, if you talk to a lot of the bookmakers, especially here in Las Vegas, they're probably going to say from the better standpoint, absolutely, because I've talked to a few bookmakers around town. Uh, one that works just behind you, Chris Andrews at the South Point, talk to the guys at the Westgate, you know, different books, Caesars as well. I think the win is part of this. Uh, they're getting all Buffalo money. And they're getting it fast and they're getting it furious for the Super Bowl. So that's why you obviously see the price so low because everybody remembers that game, that divisional playoff game, which we're going to look at maybe if we don't look at it already five, ten years from now as kind of a game that may change the league in terms of how teams draft, in terms of how teams do play calling because of how quick those teams scored, especially into the fourth quarter and into overtime you know, that they were able to just score that quick with that little time on the clock. So it changed the dynamic, certainly how offense, I think, is going to be played going forward in the NFL. But you look, Buffalo, I think, is the absolute rifle favorite. I know they lose Brian Dable, which, which, is, which is a loss. Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady, as the quarterback's coach, do take over the offensive brain trust. But, you know, Sean McDermott still obviously has a lot of say in what is going to be called Leslie Frazier, a very good reputation as a longtime defensive coordinator. So all the pieces are absolutely there for the Buffalo Bills. I think that they are the justifiable favorite. So I would agree with your assessment. Super Bowl or bust. No, it's a, it's a good point on on Dable going as well. Uh, again, I think we're at the point where we think Josh Allen is beyond just a coordinator. But uh, as Stephen and I were kind of talking about this earlier, that maybe there's this slow start for Josh Allen this year. Whether it's a hangover from even though he was brilliant in that game against Kansas City, Buffalo ending up losing that game, or if it's from just the fact that the offensive line's a little bit different, or like you said, mm -hmm. new play calling this year with Dable in New York. Yeah, and the schedule is all not all that easy, even though they're it's now tough a favorite. Early, yes. Yeah, they're not they're now a favorite in that opener at SoFi Stadium. That's that old banner night game because the Rams, of course, got the rings on Thursday in a little party they had for them. But having the Rams and getting Tennessee at home, these Tennessee Buffalo games have been highly competitive the last couple of years. Remember, they lost there down in Nashville on Monday Night Football. Then you got a divisional road game at Miami. Then you go to Baltimore. Then you got Pittsburgh coming in. And you you know, look, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh beat them last year, and then the defense is really good. And then you go to uh, Kansas City, and then the bye week, and then Green Bay. So there's not a cupcake on that schedule at all until you get to November. Wes, looking at the rest of this division, if you're going to pick one team to push the Bills, who would that team be? Yeah, uh, maybe by default it's going to be the Miami Dolphins, just because – and I'm not like a real – believer necessarily of the Miami Dolphins. I'm kind of like a holder. I'm not a believer nor a disbeliever because I don't know. This is one of those teams. We always have teams that we're pretty sure on. We've done the work on. We've got a good read on them. Miami is not really one of those teams for me because this team has the potential to be a big surprise or a big disappointment. But nevertheless, they have added a lot around, around two, I think. They're trying to give him every chance to succeed down there with what they've added at wide receiver with Tyree kill with what they've added in terms of the running back. They've got, I believe four guys basically competing for the starting job. They have Mike McDaniel who has come out and said, you know, look, two is my guy. I'm going to ride or die with this guy. It's not like Brian Flores where he had the quick hook and he went with momentum. And if two wasn't playing well in went Fitz magic a couple of years ago. So I think it's probably Miami. I don't necessarily want to kick dirt on New England's grave here, but the one thing that you worry about with the Patriots, that secondary, which had always been such a strength of this team, and they've still got a couple veteran names in that secondary, namely with McCourty, 
But you look, this secondary is starting to, I think, show its age. And it may really start to show its age this year. You know that uh, J.C. Jackson signed that big deal with the Chargers. You still do have Malcolm Butler. You still have Devin McCourty. But there's a lot of miles on those engines, I think, back in that secondary. So that is at least a little bit of cause of concern. And then also, is New England going to have the Devontae Parker that Devontae Parker was three years ago? If they are, then I think Mac Jones has a legit number one target. But that that's just not a team I'm really sure of right now. Well, and not only that, we don't know what the offensive uh, play calling hierarchy is going to be in New England, which yeah. is a little bit of a problem when you're dealing with a second year quarterback, Wes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt Patricia, I'm looking at the title. It's Senior Football Advisor is his official title. And also the offensive line coach, Joe Judge, comes in to be the quarterback's coach. So I'm thinking it's going to be a combination. We know who's calling the defense, even though they don't have an official coordinator. That's the head coach that he's going to be calling that defense. And we also got to, you know, see what the what the offensive line is going to be. You have David Andrews. He got put on the pup list. They've added some young guys. They got the kid Cole Strange out of Chattanooga, which some thought was a reach in terms of the value, but certainly fits a need because that offensive line, which at was I think did a solid job last year, had to be remade uh, over just a little bit. Wes, uh, we got about a, a minute 10 here. The Jets, uh, be, first half of the schedule is absolutely brutal. But if they make it through it, that, that's a team that, to me at least, not yet playoffs, that's probably next year, but at least the team that can make you really uncomfortable as the season goes along if you're trying to win games to push into the postseason of your their opponents. Yeah, I think if you look at that schedule, there's a chance to finish strong where it's like, okay, there's going to be some optimism there in New York and New Jersey. I think that this team is going to be better, Jeff. I don't know how much it's going to show in the wins and the losses, though. And, and I know that seems like a little bit of a cop-out, but I'm certainly not going to lay the five-and-a-half at minus 155 on the over. I would lean a little bit that way, but I do think this team is going to get better. I like what they added in the draft. Look, this is a total rebuild. And you've got essentially a second-year quarterback who's kind of still a half-rookie because he missed half the season. But they have added something, and I think they'll be able to run the ball, and I think they'll be able to stop the run. So at least they've got that going for them. Maybe Sauce Gardner's going to make a big difference right away in the secondary. That, I think, is more of the concern for me on the defense than the front seven. No, I I, I would tend to agree with you on that. And again, uh, they did get D.J. Reed back there and. We're coming off the year where the Jets had the had the worst defense, especially in the secondary in the NFL, uh, by the numbers. Wes Reynolds, everyone, of course, on the tweets at Wes Reynolds one. Find him across the network. Plenty plenty of opportunities to see Wes this week. Wes, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for getting up early with us. You got it, man. Thank you. Of course, uh, Wes Reynolds. Of course, uh, golf and football. There'll be a lot of that with Wes through the next few months. J E T S coming up next here on a numbers game. football betting guide is out now and the pro football betting guide is coming soon there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons and our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings plus best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards so reserve your copy today of the football betting guides both college and pro and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a vsin all-access subscription make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now. vcin.com slash subscribe. It is a numbers game. I'm Jeff Parles. Stephen Bond here as well. Our guy Paul Spore is with us in 15. We get his take on the first weekend after the All-Star break and some more vaccination-related issues for teams based out of the state of Missouri going to play in Canada. I, I at risk of 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 melting your dial at home, I do have a take on the news with the Cardinals yesterday that I'm going to hold actually for tomorrow. That's a tease for a whole day, folks. So we'll, we'll get that uh, with uh, on the Cardinals, who of course no Paul Goldschmidt, no Nor Nolan Arenado, north of the border this week because neither of them uh, are. Uh, 
eligible because of the vaccination requirements to enter the country of Canada right now, which, by the way, are the same requirements for anyone who doesn't live in the U.S. entering the United States right now. All right. It's time for the New York Jets. Right in my wheelhouse, Bond. Buckle up. Buckle up. Let's just start with the schedule before we even get to anything, because this is where it all starts and end for the, ends for the Jets this year. The first 10 games of this season and the sequencing of it is a mess. The only game, there are two games, and then you can add week 13 and, and 14 would add Minnesota and Buffalo into that if you really want. The fatalist in me here, Stephen Bond, could see the Jets starting this season despite having a significantly better roster on paper than they have had in, in quite a while now. Things go wrong, they could start 1-12. Like, it could happen because of how brutal that schedule is. Now, I don't think that will happen. But you look at the way that it starts. The Jets open the season, and we, we've seen this with a few teams, a very weird scheduling quirks in the NFL. Baltimore, who we have tomorrow, is the same way, but verse, vice versa. The Jets' first four weeks are all AFC North games. Baltimore at Cleveland, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Weirdo scheduling. From the NFL and at Baltimore is the same thing, but the AFC East teams the first four weeks will have the whole Baltimore preview tomorrow. Miami week five, you better win that game at home. At Green, at Green Bay, at Denver, New England, the two New England two times in three games, Buffalo at home. The Jets will likely not be favored in a game this year until week 12. That would be my guess. They could be favored week five against Miami if the Jets out get out to a good start in Miami's 0-4 like we documented before. But there is a realistic chance that that could be 0-4 v. 0-4 where someone's season is completely finished after week five. I think 0-4, you're, you're completely done. But No, I, but, but really, really saying. done yeah. <laughs> 0-5. Jeff, we're seeing yeah. five and a half on the win total. Yes. Here. Do you see five wins? I do think they get to six. You think they get to six? I do. Okay. I, do. I think they might even get to seven. Ooh. The, the, the big thing with this team is if you look on paper, this is actually not a bad, like, it's not a good roster. But we have seen some horrible, horrible, horrible rosters for pretty close to a decade for this team now. But they have three legitimate wide receivers now, assuming Garrett Wilson comes in and is able to make an impact, and you slide Corey Davis to being your third best wide receiver potentially, that's much better than asking Corey Davis to be your number one wide receiver. When he was healthy last year, I thought he was a massive disappointment. Elijah Moore to me is a legit borderline number one if he develops the way that I think he can. Offensive line is the best it's been in a long time going into a season. Running back core is actually pretty good. Hall and Carter is a nice combination, assuming Hall is good. I was very disappointed to see Brees Hall go to New York. But, but Steven, as always with this team, it comes down to the young quarterback on the roster. That we have seen Mark Sanchez, even though he made two AFC title games in his first two years, yep. end up being a bust. Darnold, who I could not have gotten more wrong out of USC, it's like, all right, they finally got the guy. We don't have to worry about this for a long time. Nope, we're actually worrying about it three years later. I don't know what to expect out of Zach Wilson. I could see Zach Wilson being a complete turnover machine, and the Jets lose a lot of games because of it, and they lose close games because of his play. But if he turns for the good, where people like, again, the Jets front office took him with the number two overall pick in an NFL draft. You're not thinking a guy isn't going to be a superstar if you're taking him that high. If he, if the flip switches, and there were some glimpses of this at the end of last year, week 18 notwithstanding, where his whole offensive line was hurt and everyone on Buffalo's defense was, was on him in less than three seconds in week 18. If Zach Wilson is league average, the Jets are going over five and a half. They're going over five and a half if he's league average. They'll probably be six or seven. They'll be in that six and seven. If Zach Wilson is good, now this is the weird thing that may seem odd to, to you here, Stephen, and to everyone listening at home. The Jets could very easily be at the same sort of win total 
if Zach Wilson actually is a little bit better than league average because if they start slow and by the end of the year he's an above-average quarterback, they could be too far in the hole. Now, the back end of that schedule, the last four games, the Jets could win all four of those. Honestly, they could win six of the last seven because Minnesota is idiotic enough that the Jets could go there and win. They aren't winning. They aren't winning in Orchard Park. I can tell you that. That's going to be a tough one. They're not winning Week 14 at Buffalo. And so post by, even on New England, I don't think it's impossible. I think they probably will lose in New England, but it's not an impossibility. Defensive wise, they are much better defensively on paper than they were last year. Secondary was one of the worst in the NFL because they had guys who weren't quite ready to play playing out there. Uh, in uh, in Brandon Eccles and in Bryce Hall. Those guys are now backups. So if you have to slide those guys in as backups, that's actually not a bad thing because they played a whole season of starters last year. If Sauce use a high pick on Sauce Gardner, number four, you go out and you sign DJ Reed, you're much better at corner. You go out and you sign Lamarcus Joyner, you go out and you sign Jordan Whitehead, you move Ashton Davis and Jason Pinnock, who were asked to play last year, they were not ready to be NFL starting safeties. Of course, Marcus May was got, was on the team last year, but he was he's no longer there. He's with the Saints. They're much better in the secondary. Still a question mark, but they at least look like an NFL secondary now. They draft Jermaine Johnson with their third first-round pick last this past draft. I think he has the opportunity to make an immediate impact because, remember, the Jets' pass rush was bad last year. Part of that was because Carl Lawson was hurt, ruptured Achilles in training camp. It was basically non-existent He's for back. most of last year. Correct. He's yeah. back. So I expect those, that pass rush to be a little bit better. Franklin Myers struggled after signing the extension. I don't know how much of that was that he got his money and took the foot off the gas for a little bit or not. Quentin Williams is un- is underrated now. The pendulum, I think, flipped on him where people thought, oh, he's an underachiever because of how high of a pick he was. I think Quentin Williams has turned into a, a pretty good player at the NFL level. Linebackers, who how much does C.J. Mosley have left in the tank? Who knows? Quentin's brother, Quincy, was a nice little story last year. I don't know how sustainable that is. But in the end here, Stephen, five and a half feels right. I would not go over six. I probably would wait to see what happens because if they lose week one against Baltimore, they're probably starting one and three at best, probably. So you may have an opportunity to get a really low number and bang it over. Sure. So, so that, that's using your strategy with Miami on the Jets. Right, right. What is a, as a Jets fan, as a Jets backer, what does a successful season have, feel like have to Have to be playing games that count in December. I think they're ready for that, though. Week Look, it could very easily go awry, and those Week 15 through 18 games are just playing out the string. But that Week 15 game at home against Detroit, it's got to feel like, okay, you know what? Maybe they do have to win out to make the playoffs, which would be unlikely. But at least has to be like, all right, we're somewhat in it. You got and meaningful then, football. Like, yeah, you got to be. I got it. I hear you. You can't be eliminated in December. Sure. At the beginning sure. of December. You can be eliminated by the time you play week 17 at Seattle, sure. But you can't be eliminated when you're going into December playing Detroit and Jacksonville right away. I think 6-7 is probably right on paper. The problem is the schedule. That's why it's a no bet on five and a half. And for Zach Wilson, he will be better this year than he was last year. The problem is those gains might come at the end of the year when it doesn't matter. I don't think this is Darnold 2.0. But it could be Andy Dalton 2.0, though. I don't know if I would be happy with that if that ends up being the case. Paul Spore is coming your way next. We got baseball to talk about with Spore on the flip side on a numbers game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. At MGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you bet on the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER and please gamble responsibly. Back on a numbers game here on VEASAN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. And now with us from Fangrass, Sleeper in the Bus podcast, our guy, Paul Sporeyer, let's uh, Paul. They haven't told me what hat you have today. Let's see what we have. Oh, look at that! Montreal Expos. Expos for our yeah. guy Paul Sporeyer today. With my foolish baseball T-shirt for those oh, that watch nice. foolish right. baseball. Uh, yeah, so got to got to go with the Expos hat. Was still one of the cleanest out there, and maybe in Montreal we'll get a team someday if they expand again. Maybe Montreal will get a team again, and we get to see those on a daily basis for 162 games. Uh, for multiple months there, Paul. Uh, Paul, just weekend after the All-Star break, always a little bit messy. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of messy no this doubt. weekend. We saw uh, we saw more Red Sox having problems with seeing the baseballs and the light, <laughs> which a very oh, strange epidemic up in Boston. Uh, that game, of course, was the day where Toronto decided to uh, hang a nice 28th spot on the Red Sox. Yeah, four touchdowns for the, uh, for the Jays there. So, a big day, uh, only allowing uh, two rouges there. Uh, the uh, the Blue Jays did, but but Paul, for these three games out of the All Star break, because it seemingly ends up being more overreaction than usual. But yeah. there was one result that I was able to take and say, you know what, I'm going to take something from this, and that was Houston just shutting the door completely, uh, not only on Seattle's win streak, but really just sucking the life out of, out of the Mariners for three straight days. Where the Mariners were this great story, and Houston was like, you know what? We're going to sweep the Yankees that first day out of the break, and we're going to sweep you right after to prove our worth right again. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they showed, you know, wh- where they're at with everything right now, and it's it's still at the very, very top of, of the scale with the Astros. And you know, I think what's most impressive is you look at a team here that's not really complete yet. They don't have a single lefty in the bullpen. So, you know, they still need to address that factor so that they have somebody. Again, I keep saying my Tigers are the perfect fit there with Andrew Chafin. Make an easy little trade there. It's not going to return much for the Tigers, but it seems like an obvious move there. But other than that, they get an outfielder as well. 
and they're pretty they're pretty set. You know, even with a pretty disjointed outfield, you know, Brantley's been out a while, so you got McCormick out there, you got Dubon out there pretty regularly. Uh, two guys just filling in with Tucker. You know, Jose Siri's gotten time, Jake Myers. They've had a bunch of guys out there. I think they go to KC for an outfielder, whether it's a Taylor if he's healthy or Benintendi, or they go to uh, and they go to the Tigers for a lefty. So they go shopping in the central. They get two pieces, and I think they're the favorites even without two pieces. If they add those two things, outfielder and lefty, I, I think uh, they're easily the uh, the favorite right now. The Astros. Well, well, the wild thing is the Yankees have this historic start to the season, and here we are. The Houston Astros are game and a half behind them. Yeah, I'm with and you, Paul. I, even if if the Astros get the one seed in the American League, I'm actually, from a betting perspective, going to be a little bit upset because if the Yankees had home field, let's say we get the Yankee Astro ALCS that we all want. Mm -hmm. If the Yankees have home field, the Yankees are going to be favored in that series. So you even, can take Houston on a better number. Correct, exactly. And if Houston gets home field, like I, again, home field doesn't mean much at all in anything at this point. Mm -hmm. But in that series, it would dictate the price. So I, I'm rooting for Houston to end up one game behind the Yankees, get the two seed, steamroll whoever wins that 3-6 uh, pod, and be an underdog against the Yankees. Because as we've seen, the Yankees needed two ninth-inning comebacks in order to win the two games in the Bronx, and Houston smoked them in the games in Houston this year. Absolutely. And, you know, I respect what this Yankees team has done. They are one of the best in the league, if, if not the best right now. But – Still have two months to get to even to get to the playoffs. And that's my only real concern with this team is their age and holding up. It's not the talent. If you can guarantee me this team in October, I understand how they can win and, and how strong they can be. But what am I getting? And obviously every team has to go through injuries, but an older team like the Yankees is going to be more susceptible to injuries. So I am kind of curious where they wind up, what they do at the deadline uh, to, to get reinforcements there. But I agree with you on, you know, wanting Houston to be just a little bit down just to get a better number for the playoffs because we know how good they are. This team, they've been awesome. The only thing that took me off of them was uh, me wanting to go for the angels this year. Like <laughs> I, I had them as a, as a world series pick, just desperately hoping for Trout and Otani to get to the playoffs. Other than that, Houston was right there for me as one of the powerhouse teams. Well, Paul, uh, the, the angels did it for six weeks and that was it. It's all over. After they they gave a little taste. They gave a little taste and then they, they, they didn't just rug pull. I mean, that's different than a rug pull to, to lose 14 and just take yourselves out of everything. That was something else by the angels. They showed that they didn't really want to be part of, uh, of this whole contention thing. It, it was very impressive. Not in a good way, but it was very no, impressive no. from the angels. Paul, just looking at the American league wild card race, it really does feel like unless if the white Sox get hot and Minnesota is able to keep up that, the three teams currently in there, even with getting swept this weekend, Seattle, Tampa, and Toronto feel like the three white right wild card teams in the American League. I think those two central clubs could have something to say about it. We know how cheap and, and overall lame Cleveland can be at the deadline. So under better management, maybe I'd be more excited about them if they were going to go make a move because, I mean, they – they play poor. They play that up all the time. You know, they can't afford to scratch two nickels together. So, you know, I think they're a decent trade away from, from really kind of inserting themselves into this, but I don't know if they're going to do it. So I can't go too hard on Cleveland right now until I see what they do at the break. And then, like you said, the white Sox. I've never believed in the red Sox. So the fact that they've, mm -hmm. you know, lost five and they kind of put themselves down here. I was just kind of waiting for that. I never believed in this pitching. Uh, the hitting is solid, but that's really it. And then Baltimore, I think they're this year, Seattle, pretty obviously where they're kind of a year early. They're fun. They might even have another surge at some point, like in August and kind of get back in the, in the fringes of the race yet again, but I just don't think that they have the horses to compete. I really think they should still trade Jorge Lopez. That doesn't even take them out of contention. They have a deep bullpen, but Baltimore's a, a force for the future. Not so much for this year, in my opinion, Paul, what, 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 how do we look at the, the race for the sixth seed in the national league right now? Because the two, the two top NLEs teams seem pretty stable in getting in the playoffs in one fashion yeah. or another, the Padres, Got a nice series win at the Mets this week weekend. They seem pretty stable and seem to be willing to make a move at the deadline as well. But then you have the collection of the two central teams, the the, the Phillies who got swept this weekend, and the mm -hmm. Giants who 
got swept this weekend as well. That's where I thought you were going to go, by the way. When you were saying the big impact from the weekend and you went to Houston, I thought you might be going between the separation of the Dodgers and the Giants because yeah. – uh, you know, it's four games, right? And anytime mm-hmm. it's a series, it's a single series and we can take a lot from it. Uh, we can take too much from those, but I thought this one was like a separation here between these two to say, Hey, you're not with us anymore. You were with us last year, but if you're going to make the playoffs, you're below us this year, San Francisco, that defense is dreadful. Um, I don't know if it's, it, it's probably just the talent. I don't think it's the switching in and out. I don't want to make too much of like the platooning. If they're good defenders, they can play every other day and still be good defenders. So I don't think it's the platooning that's doing it. I think it's just a bunch of bad defenders being platooned in and out. And that's part of why they're platooned. And it's just not, it's just not working the same way as it did last year. Their pitching isn't as deep. Uh, we've seen how, uh, you know, unlucky and, and unfortunate things have gone for Cobb. Jacob Junis can't stay healthy. So uh, Rodon and Webb is a good one, two punch, but the offense isn't clicking. The defense is a disaster and they are really a cut below the Dodgers and the Padres at this point, even though they're only four or five games behind the Padres, I think they're even a cut below them right now with the giants. Yeah. I think they're the Dodgers are in different stratosphere right now for anyone in the, in the NL I'm with you on the giants being a cut below the Padres and and the Padres are going to get Tatis back. at at some point, like Padres are much better. All right, Paul, 30 seconds, any uh, DFS for today? I'm going to go cheap on pitching. Uh, Jay Coderizzi, I don't know what he did, but the schedule gods blessed him. He's he's getting Oakland for the third straight time. Now, <laughs> I don't know if the third straight time they're going to figure some things out. I'm willing to bet against. So I'm going to go Jay Coderizzi and Aaron Ashby against the Rockies in Milwaukee there. So two guys that are kind of middle-tier guys, hoping to spike big on them so I can go spend big on offense, jump into some Dodgers, jump into Jose Ramirez, and go that way with a big offense today. There we go. Those are the DFS plays of the day for Paul. Paul Spore, everyone, on the tweets at Spore. Get him on Twitch as well. Uh, watch him play an MLB The Show late into the night, everyone. Make sure you do that as well. Thanks, Paul, Jeff. Paul, pleasure as always. Love the hat, as always, Thank as well. You. We'll care. see you next week. This has been a numbers game here today. The Lombardi Line. Coming your way next here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.